0: Welcome to our This is Sarajov Best. We are learning Lagani, the year's touch Shim tough Face, nineteen sixty two. That this Mimer was said and we're learning this we're not in the year nineteen sixty two now. And and we're learning this Ben, Okay. So we look at Basilagani to know what the year is going to bring. You don't need to hear the radio or WhatsApp or read the newspaper because the mission statements of the seventh generation beginning with 1950-51 is all expressed in Basilagani. All about bringing the Shina down here into this world. What are we here to do? But every year there's a different, there are different marching orders and, and every year we see that Politically, socially, economically, and all other ways, uh, weather-wise and all uh, chronologically, um, scientifically, and what was the other one? I don't remember. The year is changing very drastically, and the world is tra- changing very, very drastically from what seems good for us to what seems not good for us. Um, in the 1980s, the Rebbe said that the world is shaking, and we didn't experience it. We felt like things were fine, and now that we feel that the world is shaking, maybe it's not. You know, maybe everything. The the analogy that people don't like is Moshiach has put a pin into the you know boil and burst the boil open and. Um, what we have is uh, a spreading of the infectious stuff all over the world, but and we feel it and we see it. But maybe that's the beginning. That's that's the cleaning of the whole thing. You know, if the person has a pimple, it looks like it's neat and neat and contained when it's sitting there, but really, when it's opened up, that's when all the healing happens. So, what's this year going to be all about? so we are in we are in Sif Aleph of su trust Faith, the second part of it. We're just going to do a small part <speaking in Hebrew> so the faith rebel was speaking about the idea, of course that we came out of Mithraim, came out of slavery with the name Hashem, and Siba Sava, the army it really has several meanings means. It means the people in the army, the soldiers, and it's um, it means a limited amount of time, and also a combination of colors, etc. A certain level of beauty that comes from a combination of colors. So, here, um, if you're going to be a soldier in the army. To not only usher in the gu'ula, but how to usher in the gu'ula, you need to have certain kaitas given to you. Now, let's go back for a second. So you're a soldier in the army. That's clear. From Basi Lugani, right from the beginning, right from 1951, right from 1950. You're a soldier in the army of the seventh generation. You're not only here to usher in the era of Mashiach. How you usher it in is by being a part of the cleaning up process, which means that there will be moments when it looks very dirty, very dirty in the world. We happen to be in such a moment now where it looks very dirty in the world. Dirty politics, dirty corruption, very often. There are those moments, as we said. That means the clean, the cleansing is almost completely at an end. What you have spread all over the world is stuff that really looks horrific and very frightening. And yet, we're close to the end. To be able to do that, a soldier in an army that's doing that, you need special kajus. And so we want to know what kajus, what tools are we being given to be in this army? So in the Friedrich Rebbe's Mein in chapter 11, and now we're in chapter 12, Friedrich Rebbe says, In chapter 10 and 11, the Friedic Rebbe spoke about war, that Hashem, when he took us out of slavery, out of Egypt, out of the shrine, he was called, Hashem, we came out as tivas Hashem, and when Hashem acted, as the warrior to destroy the evil, he goes by the name Hashem Tzva'kus, and that that name was used by Hannah when she was davening to have a child. The child that eventually was born was Shmuel Hanavi, who anointed Mashiach. So Hashem Tzva'kus, as the warrior, is completely connected with Mashiach. So last year and the year before, the paragraphs we learned were thinking about Hashem as the warrior. What about this year? Shinnah Taba Kashra, Mohammed. It's connected to war. Last year. Last year there was a war, really nasty war going on in the world. Feels like it's still going on, even worse. Is it? Because we have to realize sometimes when the war is over, it's like the chicken without a head. It's a chicken that's a dead chicken. It sure acts alive. So we don't know if the war that's going on in the world right now is a live war or a dead war. Is it a war that's over to the eyes of Moshiach, but in our eyes we still see it? Maybe. Is it a chicken running around without a head, but it's really no longer a live chicken? We don't know yet. We'll see. So this name, Sivas, Sivas Hashem or Tzvakos, above, Shenasa The name Tzivois is done through the army. Well, there you go. Hashem says, when I am waging war against the evil ones, I am called Tzivois or Tzivakus. That's what Hashem says. That's the name I use when I'm waging war against the evil ones. Behind well, that's good to know. This wouldn't be mentioned in this year's minor if we didn't understand that Hashem is waging war against the evil ones. They do look like they're winning, but you can't win if Hashem is waging war against you. You could just look like you could win. Because the whole evaida that the Jewish people do when we go through life in the world, and when we do Torah Mitzvahs, and we devote ourselves to making sure that the world acts, the world conducts itself according to Torah Mitzvahs, we need to go to war to get that going. There is a certain resistance of the world to do that, to be transformed, and that creates a war. So my afus and the Philippi Rebbe is explaining in his chapter 11 and 12. So There are two things that happen in war. So when you do a war, one of the things is the average army is looking for the goodies that they get once they win the war. You know, they wander among the soldiers that were defeated and they get all the gold and silver and everything that fell out of everybody's pockets and they go get a lot of money. There's the booty of war. There's also the booty, the spoils of spiritual war. That's one of the things that happens from a war. I guess not all soldiers would be highly motivated to fight and risk their lives unless they knew they were going to get all those treasures at the end. That's one thing you do in war, the base. The other part of the war is more lofty. The reason for fighting a war is because you want victory. Why do you want victory? Because the king wants victory. If you're a true soldier of the king, the king wants victory. Victory is truth. The king wants victory, and for him you want it. so you will put your life on the line to fight that war.. <speaking in Hebrew> So what does this mean spiritually, to get the booty of war, the spoils of war? That's something that makes sense. You know, you go up to a soldier, you say, are you in this for the gold and silver at the end? Well, yeah. Most soldiers, if they're honest, will say, well, yeah, why would I do it otherwise? Makes sense. Why wouldn't you go to war? For some soldiers, that kind of wealth, is worth, worth risking their life for. So they made a calculation. I'll go to war, and if I survive, I'll be rich. I'll do it. I'll pay time And really, for instance, the mercenary soldiers that they used to pay to do war, they figured, let's see, how much am I getting paid or else the soldiers that didn't get paid but they'd be paid with the spoils of war, all the gold and silver that they, w- that they would collect at the end. They Basically, each one had to kind of do a calculation. Is it worth the risk to go to war or what I have to invest in going to war, is what I'm going to get out of it going to be worth it? Will I get enough gold and silver potentially? Is the gamble worth it? So they are always doing calculated risks. Now, for the second reason to go to war, because the king wants victory, what justifies that? You know, is it worth it to go to war because the king wants victory? Or why do I want victory? Just because the king does. You're talking about a desire that's connected to the very essence of the king. That's above anything that makes sense. Hey, why are you going to war? Why are you fighting? You're risking your life. Well, the king wants victory. Uh, duh. <laughs> Therefore, what, is it, what does it have to do with you? doesn't make sense. A soldier says, and who says it has to make sense? No, huh. yeah, that's true. And who says it has to make sense? You <laughs> So that means when you're going out to fight that war, you're fighting a war. If you're fighting it for the second reason, because the king wants victory, you're fighting it not in a way that's logical. And the way you're going to do it is also not going to be logical. You're, it, 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 it's, it's illogical. It's crazy. You know, they say to the soldiers, so CNN, CNN, I don't know if we're allowed to say it, <laughs> CNN, you know, these days, you know, or when they used to have the wars, they would have embedded journalists and they would be standing right next to the soldiers and they would say, well, why are you fighting this war? We're here to interview you. Why are you fighting this war? Well, the king wants to win. They're like, man, you are seriously crazy. Yeah. Okay. I'm crazy. So the way, so how are you fighting the war? You say, well, if you're telling me I'm crazy, I'm fighting the war in a crazy way. Because I'm crazy already, right? So I'm fighting in a crazy way. And what's the crazy way? Okay, so CNN says, so could you explain to me what the crazy way is that you're fighting the war? He it says, it's called a condition. It's something higher than makes sense. The way I fight the war is in which way of condition. Insanity? Holy insanity, so to speak. Now, the king appreciates this kind of approach incredibly. So the king says, wow, you guys are really loyal. You're being called crazy. You're fighting war in a crazy way, in a way of Shush the Kedusha. I will open the coffers, open the tre- treasure chest. They're very precious and they've been concealed for generations and I'm going to take all the treasures and I'm going to give them over to the heads of the army and give those out to the people in the army, the soldiers. Because when the king wanders, just gives out all of his treasures and all the spiritual treasures to the soldiers so that they should win the war and do what the king wants. Wow. That's unusual. And that is going to introduce us to what's going to come after this. What we're going to be dealing with in the next couple of pages is understanding the that have been given to us and are being given to us in the present moment from above. the Bible, tells us these treasures, these tools that were being given from above, they're concealed treasures. This is not stuff that's just out there for everybody. These are concealed treasures that have been concealed for Generations, and the point is that you should, or they should, be opened up and given to you. So what? So to say it in simple terms, and these treasures are then going to be given to the receivers. So, when we look at this year we're going to say it. In, oh, okay, we're going to finish this, these couple of lines, and then comment on what this means for us. The receiver will understand and feel that what he's receiving, these kind of tools and caches, are good for him. It's not just good for the king, it's good for him. Together with this, that it's being drawn from, down from the treasures above. Okay, so to conclude, What are we finding out? We're finding out that this year is not so much about a war. Last year was about a war and we really felt that war. But this year is about we're being given unbelievable treasures. still about a war. But the other one was about Hashem is a warrior who fights the wicked ones and he wants to win the battle. So the emphasis there is on fighting the wicked ones. Now the emphasis is on We have the ability and the tools to do unbelievable things. Isis Mila Mila, those kind of tools that no one ever had before, those kind of treasures that nobody ever had before, that is what this year is going to be about. From yudshvat to yudshvat. us being empowered with tools that simple, plain people never, ever, ever had before. So we can look forward to a year in which we see politically, socially, technologically, medically, biologically, etc., etc., etc. changes in the direction of us being empowered to do miraculous things. So we say, Hashem, we're ready for the miracles. We want to meet with you, see you and be seen by you. And they say, we find ourselves immediately there right now.